Hey, Patrick. Hey. What's up? How you doing? Good. You don't seem so lively. It's this. Do I usually? Oh, maybe. <laughs> you have some snarky comment or something, usually. Oh, no, you gotta set me up for those. <laughs> I don't just think of them organically. Yeah, somebody asked me, like, oh, um, why don't we have a crazy conversation with Patrick? Like, have you talked to Patrick? You just, like, say, like, one sentence, and then he just, like, takes it on for, like... Wait, wait, who, what, what, what? I was talking to a family member, okay. and, just, and it just surprised how long we could talk, right? Yeah. And I was just like, like, have you just listened to it? It's just, I throw out a sentence, and then you go on for, like... So they, they essentially said they're surprised that you could talk to me that long? Or uh, maybe I can't talk to them. I don't know. I mean... They're just surprised that we could talk for so long on a, on, on uninterrupted. Just to throw it in their face and start a long conversation with them. <laughs> I won't well, say you who. You got yourself trapped. I won't say who. Yeah. Not never or now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always find myself in those conversations where just they, they go on forever. Like anytime I, there's kind of a list of people that I call only when I have five hours to kill because I know it's going to be a five hour conversation. Oh, we've had like phone conversations. Like, well, there's there was a podcast we've never recorded. Yeah, I mean that's partly you're partly on there. But I'm part I'm part of the problem. I know. I feel like you you get busy enough. It's the people don't get busy enough where it's like I'm just doing stuff and they're just talking about whatever. And I'm like, well, for me it's drive times. Like, yeah, that's whenever I would call usually. Yeah, it's literally a two hour drive, so we could do basically a two hour podcast that's not recorded. Essentially. Yeah. Could you do that over the phone? I guess the the audio would be bad and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, the audio's not great for this. Yeah, I'm if sure. Anybody, if anybody listens to this, it's just because they like the content, not because the quality of production, the production isn't great. No, good no. We always have to start somewhere. I'd say the worst thing to do is try to perfect something before then you just kind of go in circles until you just never even do it in the first place. Well, like, I think I said this in the first podcast. I wanted to do this for a long time, but the problem was, like, I wanted to do it, like, really well right away. Like, oh, segments and... Oh, that didn't sound right. Let me record it again, and then you just get yourself like in that headspace. So you were recording by yourself. Um, I've done things like on YouTube. Really? Like, yeah. They still up there? Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't, I don't even know what account. It's funny. No, but one was like something religious based, and I went back to it and they're like, and I know it's a uh, one of our cousins like, oh, I saw you on YouTube. Like what? And I figured out what it was. It was something about like um, meditations of the rosary or something. And it had like 10,000 views. Really? Yeah. On YouTube? On YouTube. I mean, which is nothing. 10,000 views on YouTube? Yeah, think about it. It's been up there like 10 years, you know, back when Oh, I... okay. I was going to sh- at least get a couple dollars for that. No. I don't know how the money works on YouTube. That's still no, impressive. No, you need, you need yeah, millions of views. Because you just... see videos where they put more into it and sitting at like 10 views or no, I mean, 400 well, for a while. There's millions of people looking for like meditations on you know, mystery of the rosary or whatever. They click on your. Yeah, they accidentally. Oh, oh, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, click doesn't mean they listen to the whole thing. True. Yes. <laughs> like I, I gave no weight to it. I didn't think like, oh my gosh, I'm so popular now. So what do you ramble on about? Um. It's the rosary. I, uh, <laughs> the whole. Jeez, never no, no religious discussion right away. Um, the whole point is like aspects of things that happened during Jesus' time. Oh, okay. And you could think about them more deeply. Like, I think we do a lot of that, where we're just like, have you ever thought of this? Have you ever thought of that? Yeah. Um, from this perspective, you know. 
And so I just, I think it was like the first mystery. It was just, I think it was talking about how, you know, Mary, mother of God, um, like just how, like tr much trust is required. You just imagine basically a 14 year old, uh, dishwasher, you know, like she was a handmaiden, you know, she's doing dishes probably at the time. That was the way people picture it. You know, she's in the kitchen mm -hmm. and then basically her yes, like profoundly changed the course of humanity. Like you don't have to. So I think one of the things I thought of, I don't even know how we're getting into this <laughs> sidetrack, was that like uh, somebody that's just doing their everyday job and just saying yes to God had a deeper impact than, you know, generals and, you know, business inventors, business owners, you know, all the stuff that we think are the, well, have uh, you heard the, the movers term, and shakers. The, the pen is stronger than the sword. Is that essentially what you're trying to say? See, even, even deeper than that. Like How do you get deeper than that? How deep we going, baby? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, well, um, if there's no heart behind the pen, it's like it can move, but it really, or it can move you incorrectly. Yeah, I mean, the, the sword doesn't necessarily mean you can do anything with it. I'm saying um, there's people like, let's say John Vianney, who wasn't nice. very articulate, right? He couldn't speak very well. God, no. But he... His, his like profound like I'll, I gotta do whatever God wants me to do right so him his the way he impacted people was not through words it was just by being a holy example you know and who's John Vietti John Vietti yeah he was a guy that um, wasn't smart enough to be a priest but he really wanted to be a priest you have to be smart to be a priest yeah you have to go to four years of college and then seminary and yeah you have to you know learn the theology okay and so the story goes that he, uh, he only really knew one thing really, really well. And that, that? Um, something about the Good Shepherd was like his one thing was just really deep. He had deep knowledge of that. So he went to get his final assessment where the bishop comes and interviews all the seminarians. And they hit him. And like he really didn't know that much. But he asked him about the one thing he knew about. So he went off like he knew the answer. But had the bishop asked him anything else, he would have just made a fool of himself. So he got lucky. But that's where you say that's God's Yeah, God's I, was, I was about to say it sounds like there's a higher power involved. No, yes. And then, so I'm saying is it's not just the pen. It's not just not your words that move people. It's God moving within people that even can't really speak that well. Okay, so the pen and God correlate. Do, do, yes. Does the sword and God ever work together too? Or is it just the um, Yeah. There was um, in um, uh, Austria. I was there for um, first semester. And I was in a town called Gomming. And um, the... Um, oh, she's... I don't know who, who would it be. The Arabs, I, I think, were moving into the uh, to Europe. Yeah. And they were advancing into Austria. And they were just being, like, just overwhelming everybody. And they hit Gomming. And the, the this bishop... Or no, it was a monk who's the head of this cloister. Grabbed his sword rallied the town or the area even though he really wasn't a soldier and pushed them back and they never made it farther than Gaming in Austria in, in that region you're, you're saying when you were there Muslims were invading Europe no I'm saying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago oh I, you may sound like you were standing there while you are watching this moment. no I'm saying this was the Have landmark where this day. happened oh okay but it wasn't a guy that was a traditional so the Muslims were actually invading Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds okay. of years ago. I thought you were saying just like... Yeah, well... Like, like immigrants. And then he started killing immigrants <laughs> in the street. 
<laughs> like what? God's will be done? Like no. My point is no. Joan of Arc too. Yeah. Like a teenage girl. Was she teenage? Yeah, and she was it push. Was she French? Did she push? Yeah, I think she was French. Did she push back the the British? But she was like this teenage girl. And then she got burned at the stake for being a witch. Well, the, yeah, but she, again, if her reward is eternal salvation, I I think she would take that trade off. Yeah. My point is like. She, when you, somebody die, a saint dies, not like pull that failed. <laughs> <laughs> she lot, pushed and then was burned. They're, they're trying to follow the example of Jesus, right? The whole point of Christianity is follow the example. And what did, what is the pinnacle of what Jesus did? Literally died on the cross. Yeah. And so the the greatest achievement on this world, on this side of you want me to guess or what's that? You want me to guess what the greatest? Or are you about to tell to me be martyred? That's the greatest achievement. A, a lot, a lot of saints asked for it. Please, uh, do me the honor. You know, do, it's like no, but, but we believe you. It's like no, 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 like martyr me. It's like, dude, now it's getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds, it sounds so weird. It sounds weird if you don't have the divine perspective. Yeah, because that sounds like so. I was doing. Dog. If you're trading a, a finite thing, we have life on Earth for an infinite. It seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, but if you don't see the infinite, then you're like, wow, that guy's a moron. You know. Um, so from their perspective, it's like, no duh, like, of course, uh, St. Maximilian Colby. I know I have. You um, get poisoned like 30 times and like, all right, let's just shoot this bastard. Uh, no. Yeah, in the concentration camp. He was, he was starved to death. He didn't. I, oh, I thought they kept poisoning him. Oh, maybe they tried to keep poisoning him, but his story was he wanted, uh, it was either a white, uh, uh, he was offered two things, and then he wanted both of them, but one of them was martyrdom. I forget what the other one was. Um, like in a vision before he became a priest. And so he was in a concentration camp, <clears throat> and they, they try, uh, somebody ran away. And so they, the punishment for somebody running away is that they kill 10 prisoners to, yeah. to descend, uh, descend. Desensitize? Not desensitize. That was what I was about to say. No, I was Des- mocking you. To uh, encourage people to stay in the camp and not run off. Um, how did you get desensitized? Not desensitized. It's yeah, not... how did you get that when you're looking for the word encouraged? No, I used a different word. I still don't have the word. Oh. Um, now you're just going to... I don't know any D words that... I don't know, it's both the thesaurus. De-incentivize. Incentivize. De-incentivize. Just incentivize, not desensitize. Get out of here. No, incentivize is a positive. Desensitize? No. In, now you're making me sound like an idiot. <laughs> incentivize means I want you to do this. Yeah, I want you to not run away. No. Or I will shoot. Incentivize is I want something. And then D, not encourage. That does that mouth that word sounds like a mouthful. I don't think that's a real word. Desensitize. Okay, just Google it. We really have this. Incentivize. <laughs> oh man. Only I would make up a word, a big word that doesn't even exist. E, incent. How do you spell that? Oh, here we go. The incentive. This is disincentivize. Disincentive. Yeah. Dis. You're not saying the word dis. You're just saying d. Disincent. Okay, maybe you're right. No, I'm not right. The computer's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they to encourage, encourage people not to run away. They basically say you'll have ten of your friends killed if you leave. Yeah, yeah. And so which the, is 
you know, that would probably work. Yeah, if you're an evil maniac, yes, that's good strategy. In, in the in the spectrum of evil maniacs, yes, it was very. Effective. No, but like, do you feel like you'd run away at, at the no, cost I wouldn't run away. of ten lives? No, yeah, that would be tough. Yeah, um, because um, people, okay, they're 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 leveraging the people's conscience against them, even though they themselves have no conscience. Yeah. Um, so, one of the ten was a guy that had a family, and so he, um, he said. Uh, like, please don't take me. I've got a wife. I've got kids, you know. And so, um, as he's being dragged away, uh, Maximilian Coley steps forward and says, take me. Like, in in in, um, in lieu of him, right? Yeah. Which is literally what Jesus does. He, like, we are the, the lamb for, you know, we deserve it. And, you know, he takes, you know, death, sin and death upon himself, right? So, he's literally mimicking God, the, like, as close as probably anybody, right? <laughs> And then he, um, uh, they bring him back to the prison or to the, the cell, and there's ten of them, and um, and I was standing in the, the room where they're showing me where he was, like just crazy. You were there while this was happening, <laughs> just like how when the Muslims were invading you. <laughs> no, I was in Auschwitz. Oh, so you were actually in Auschwitz? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and the so the, Auschwitz is in Austria. That was uh, in Poland. Pol- no, no, no. We stayed. In Austria. Okay, but you went to Poland. We pu- we took our ten day trip. Part of the trip was to go to the uh, concentration camps. Oh, that. Um, yeah, not exactly a festive uh, destination. I mean, it's just the even now, like you know, fifty six years later, just the sense of like gloom. Yeah, gloom over it. You're saying they haven't built like a roller coaster or anything? <laughs> That'd be the worst. It's like, we built this, like, amusement park. Why doesn't anybody want to come? Like, instead of the train going straight in. It's oh, like, stop, it stop, <laughs> stop. That's so bad. Yeah, it would be terrible. No, but we wanted to go there to really, like, get a feel for it. Because it sounds so horrific. Yeah. And you really want to tie it to, like, this happened. Like, let's not do this I would again. imagine, is there, like, like, people, are, a lot of people go? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people there? Yeah. Especially with, like, now it's, like, a fad within to, like, d- deny it ever happened. It's so hard to, like, how, yeah. how can you deny it Or you see people happened? on TikTok where they, like, have poses in front of it. Have you seen those? Ugh. It's just terrible. So, um, and this was, like, pretty profound for me to 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 watch where, okay, Maximum Colby sitting in the room, I guess. And then the nine people are, like, clinging to him. Why him? Because there's something about him. That was my point. Yeah. That when you, when God, like, moves within you. Like, he was just, he was, I, the guards would keep looking in, and he'd be sitting there, and they everybody would be clinging to him. Now, he's also a priest, too, so they all probably want, you know, the last rites or, you know, you know or whatever else a, a priest can offer, even though he's himself also a victim of this. Yeah. But, um, but apparently the guards didn't even want to look in there anymore. They couldn't. Why? Because everyone was just like... No, well, they're desensitized to... Uh, to suffering like that they were fine with and pain and people screaming at them that they all got but like I guess Maximilian Colby had this little, like look of peace and forgiveness oh so and, like love looking at that yes oh really yeah and I and I this is so many years ago I think it led to the conversion of some of the uh, guards if I remember correctly really yeah well have you but my point is there's no like um like pages and pages of, of uh, like journal entries from his time and that I'm even know of like 
it's his example of in the concentration people. camp. In the concentration, I don't remember like, you know, chapter seven of my time, and you know, it's like it's just me. the example of what he did. Like if you just lay that out, like that moves people, and it's because God. Were there moving. any like witnesses of like who remembered Maximilian Kobe when he was there? Um, well, I mean, all this was from witness testimony. That's such a modern day example too of a miracle. Yeah, weird. I mean, you you hear about all these like when was saints. Pa- when was Padre Pio? Was he nineties? I know. I'll Google that one before we. I meant that was earlier. Little. Yeah. Well, let's not Google words that are hard to spell. Pa. Padre. <laughs> Pio. Pio. Oh, there you go. He's Italian. Uh, eighteen eighty-seven and nineteen. 19- 68. Yeah, so he's also modern day. Yeah, so like... And I guess St. Teresa. I guess there's a lot more modern day that I thought. Yeah. I mean... Anytime Pope, I think of saints, I think of Pope like... Pope John Paul II. What'd he do? Oh, I guess he's a saint, isn't he? Yeah, he's a saint now. I always forgot they made him a saint. I mean, I was... what did he do that made himself, like, saintly opposed to all the other popes around him? Because there's um, a well, lot. I'm there. sure there's more to it. If you talk to people that, like... Um, follow like the lives and saints stuff but he was just like this really active like this really outgoing guy and then became a priest anyway you know like it was just like oh it's not just you're not just like well you know i don't really have much in life i guess i'll just be a priest you know it's like he gave up like this exciting life that you know but he i think he had a major impact in getting um of pushing uh, communism like out of china or not china uh, poland He's Polish. Uh, the Pope? Pope John Paul, yeah. Was Poland? Com- oh, you mean like after World War II? Um, well, it, it the wall fell in 91. Yeah, I know. And so the two people that are credited... Oh, Russia was in, in there for a while. Yes. They were in the Eastern Bloc. Yeah. Poland was part of that. Yeah, I know that. And so he had an impact in uh, getting them to be, uh, you know pushed out of Poland. I mean, the two that uh, I've heard are credited are um, uh, Ronald Reagan and uh, and um, John Paul too. Ronald They're, Reagan? You mean, really? Yeah. It's funny. Well, he was the one that was like this, like hard-nosed, like against Russia, where everybody else was trying to appease. And like, and so he's the one that gave, you know, Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Strategically, what he did, and this I learned in high school from a liberal, uh, uh, um, professor or I guess teacher yeah like he said in retrospect he saw what um, but Ronald Reagan did is he um, like oh we gotta ramp up spending I'll ramp up spending you know like oh let's build uh, the space program where we shoot lasers from outer space all this like crazy stuff that they did right and got the Russia all freaked out so they ramped up their spending right so you have this like cold war the problem is for us it was like 20% of our GDP to do that right for them, it was like 80%. Oh. So we just bankrupted them, basically. Just because of... On purpose, or that just well, that was happened? In, again, from his perspective, a liberal teacher said, looking back, I think he, he thought that was all done on purpose. Like, they knew that we could withstand a ramp up on uh, military spending more than they could. And their ego was just going to not let them, like, be outdone. So they just <laughs> bankrupted their whole country to, to fight with us. That's really clever. Yeah. So Raw Reagan was a pretty decent president. Oh, he's really good. I always hear like people say like, "Oh, it's only bias on the 
conservative point of view. Is well, the more bad presidents we have, I mean, like Biden and Obama. He starts to look even better. like Bush looking back, it's like, yeah. Um, uh, you start seeing like, oh man, we really had it good, you know. Yeah. Now I was a little kid, so I didn't, I had no perspective almost. You just but you go back to the old like, um, the clips where he like kind of talks about his, their his opponents, and like he just had a really good take on them. And there's probably more he could have done, but um, anyway, it's just it, it's just funny hearing it from a liberal. Like, yeah, Robert Reagan had a lot to do to bring down communism. Yeah, I think that's just brilliant right there. Yeah, I, I saw that uh, Russia actually. So America's first ones on the moon. Apparently, Russia beat everything else. Like, first spacecraft in the moon, first live thing in the moon, or not in, in, in space, in space. In space. Yeah, and, and they have all these records, but we have one, and they never have those talked about. Yeah. Like ten ahead of of the moon one. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Which was that nineteen sixty three or no si- ni- sixty nine wasn't it? So, yeah, uh, you weren't alive. No, you no. you were awake. <laughs> Thanks a lot. With black and white TVs, you were probably alive. Yeah, you were definitely at Moonstock. Woodstock. <laughs> Moonstock. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? In life. In life. I'm doing dodgeball, kids. Well, actually, what I was gonna say is, um, so we were talking about how like martyrdom is like, like it's weird if they like, they're asking for it, but it's like really weird when someone like they like like pain or something, so you, you hit them in the face and they like, like it, like we were playing dodgeball. But but it's it's not, it's pain for the sake of pain is weird, like even a, a Christian would say that. Yeah. But when you're joining yourself to your leader, right? Yeah. Who went endured horrendous pain for sacrificing for others. Jesus. Jesus, yes. Okay. The whole Christianity is all let's mimic our um our leader, right? Yeah. That's why it's like um when people say like, oh the Crusades, the Christians, like they're just bloodthirsty. It's like when you actually look at the offensive wars that they committed, it's very little. You know, it's not it's offensive like a, wars? A, where we go on the offensive. Oh, I thought you meant like offensive, they're, they're like, offending them. No, no, no. Like, oh, no. And even those are like to take back territory. Yeah. Now, once they get there, you know, there are people that are just, you know, sick people, right? You know. Um, like they, they become as they, bad once they get there? Yeah, they, they, they have become. So there's examples where, you know, in the name of Jesus, like you do these horrific things. In the name of Jesus, I will rape people. It's like... Really? Like that, that. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. Yes. You get there and you pillage and, and you. you yeah. You're like stuff. in the name of God. It's like. So they they were not in the right. No. No. Okay. Now to take back area because one of the issues in the Crusades, for example, is that you wanted to go down to like pay homage to where Jesus died on the cross, all these things, but yeah. it was like Muslim territory and people would just get killed. So the church is like, we got to get back and take these areas back, right? And then they would. And then so sometimes it was noble, other times it went haywire. And this was all in, like, Turkey, right? Is that, um, like, Constantinople and all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, all that stuff, that area, yeah. That's the Crusades. But, so if you look at the offensive wars that, um, in, let's say in the example of the Crusades, um, it's, like, five or six or, you know, seven. Yeah. And then the offensive wars for uh, the Muslims at that time, or the Arabs or whatever, was, like, hundreds. You know, it's, like, a different mindset. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, it, it was... Uh, uh, Muhammad is just, he was a military leader, you know, versus somebody who came and said, turn on the other cheek. It's just a completely different mindset. 
Um, So, uh, I was just, so my only point is to say, if somebody says, oh, Jesus told me to do this horrific thing, it's like, no, we're supposed to mimic our leader. And our our leader at no point. So you're allowed to do that as long as you do it. Like, so the Crusades were fine in God's eye, as long as they didn't extend it and then go even like as bad. as so far, they're, they're as, far it was, as far as it was self-defense. Yeah. Like they're taking So the back. Crusades were around the time of when that one guy in the town you were at fought uh, no, back. Or that, that different was, thing? There were two times. Like you would look over the years of hundreds of years. It was like the Christians lost this area. Then the Christians lost this area. Then the Christians lost this area. You know, then it was Constantinople fell. You know, and then it was now into, into Europe. I think that happened twice. I, and those, I really, are, those areas are not to the Christians anymore. Um, like, did they take them back at all? It's like Turkey. It's like that whole. It's they're an Arab. They used to be. Oh, they no. I was saying, but did they ever take it back? Like these all. They fell took it back and once they, and they, they fell down. again. Oh okay. Wow. So they're just kind of teeter tottering. Yeah. Really. Over the course of hundreds of years, but even the Arabs all went all the way into Spain. It looked like yeah. the whole uh, European continent was going to fall. Was this also around the time the Mongolians were being assholes over in Asia? (laughs) You see, like, they apparently tried to invade Japan and that failed, and they went to Europe and that failed. It's like, they could have been really, like, like, they could, if they just stayed in Asia, like, wow, that could probably still be a thing nowadays. Um, That empire. But it is interesting to look at, like, Christendom and how, like, its survival is dependent upon these tiny little events. And these tiny little events, like, even there, they should have been slaughtered. Yeah. Apparently, there's been a lot of, like, groups after Christians. I saw a thing where it's like, they survived so many. Like, they survived against the Romans. They survived against the Carthagens. I don't know if the Carthagens went against them. I think Romans went against the Carthagens. No, Romans and Carthagens were back and forth. Maybe it was the Byzantines. There was a lot of groups that, like, just went against the Christian faith. And it's like, now they're still alive. And it's like... Like, is that really crazy? Like, I, I no, could... well, if Christianity wasn't true, it would have fallen already. Well, apparently, yeah. the people who wrote it were on drugs. But, but it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have stayed. It wouldn't have... It wouldn't have traveled. Yeah, it's it, it crazy. Couldn't, it couldn't have traveled 2,000 years. It's crazy how a book still exists after 2,000 years. And they're like, oh, but look, this, this one person did this thing in the name of... It's like, well... God still gives us free will. We could go off and in the name of... I mean, he talks all the time about shepherds that, like, don't even know, like, you know, say, Jesus, I've been using your name all this long. He's like, well, I don't know you. You know, you've been using my name to to do all this stuff, but you don't really know me. Yeah. You know, you'd say this with, like, uh, Christian pastors that are just getting it to get money or influence or to get their jets or, you know, it's, but they don't... I mean, they're not preaching... They're not preaching a, you know, a Christian message. It's, they're just utilizing... Christianity to better themselves, right? Yeah. And the same way, you know, let's say in the, um, when I guess what was, uh, what was that time period where the Protestants and Catholics said, um, they was, Christians always get, where they supposedly killed all these Protestants? Um, oh man, I don't know. What? There I need was, more context. I don't even know. I don't know. There was like, this, religion-based uh, history that well. In, I'm, I'm this this term's always used for like the anti-Christians, like oh when uh the uh, Protestants and the Christians fought, the 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 cat or the Catholics burned a bunch of Protestants in the stake. How, wait, say it again. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't even know what to search. When did the Protestants and Christians fight? Yeah, maybe. Uh, they have a term there. 16th in- century, 17th in- Inquisition. Century, Inquisition. It says three centuries, so it's pretty broad. Yeah. No, no the Inquisitions is, is... Oh, that's the, what it's called. Is when, um, like, uh, apparently, and again, I don't know what even know it's true, because apparently it went both ways. You know, Christians killing Catholics, Catholics killing... Yeah. Oh, no, Protestants killing Catholics, Catholics killing Protestants. I mean, it went both back and forth. Yeah, yeah. All the name of God, by the way. Yeah. Everybody's doing it in the name of Jesus. God wants this, yeah. So, everything, you can't say, well, that's because of God. You know, no, I mean, if you were to follow God's example, it's um, it's an anti-violent message. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean it's a complete but, pacifist message. You know, if, if your livelihood's at stake, you know, you, you could use force. Yeah. But it's, it's not um, killing in the name of God, you know, which is what a, lo- a lot of... Christian groups have done over the years and that's that's wrong that's not Christianity it's it's misusing misappropriating Christianity for a cause yeah well you always need that justification like anytime you ever see a country go on the offensive they always say it's like oh we did start it if they did it so yeah. now we have to do it like we're only going on the offensive because you have to not sound like you are or a murderous uh... yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean the, yeah Germans did that Russia did that they're just um, there's some status, uh, um, I heard under, and anyway, Bush did this too. I'm, I'm not saying this is anything Obama specific, Yeah. but of Obama's presidency, every 20 minutes we bombed somebody like a bomb dropped every 20 minutes. Where? Um, Middle East. He was just bombing people? Yeah. With drones. Like he loved drones. America. Yeah. Was bombing Middle East. Well, of course. I mean, we were in, we were in Afghanistan. We were in Iraq. And there's always this little skirt, you know, Syria we had shit going on. Like, we were on, for eight years we were in war with Obama, and then with Trump it just stopped. He's like, we're done with this shit. Well, didn't he just scrap ISIS? Yeah, well, he went on the offensive and just wiped him out. He didn't, like, pussyfoot around. Like, like tease him with bombs, like, hee hee. Or like, oh, we'll attack, but we'll just do this strategic thing, and then we'll let them know ahead of time before we do it. All this just weird stuff that isn't war. So... Uh, Trump just wiped him out and then s- pulled everybody out. So you know? so it's like Obama was like the little boy on the play set, like p- pulling the girl's pigtail, like, hey, hey, I like you, hee hee, like pulling the pigtail, and then Trump's like, hey, girl, I like you. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Essentially, no, yes. He was in an interview. You agree. <laughs> um, and he actually said he enjoyed... Obama told an interviewer... That he enjoys... He enjoys bombing, bombing people. And they're like, oh, anyway, let's move it on. That, you know? ha- that has to be taken out of context. There's no way he said that in an interview. That's just insane. That's like saying, I like killing. <laughs> just just Google Obama saying he liked uh, droning people. Oh, good channel, man. <laughs> also, why are you telling me to type in stuff so broad and specific? When was the Protestants and Catholic War? <laughs> Obama... Droning people. Droning people. Are you kidding me? This is such a stupid thing to type in. Yeah, I I, I literally don't even know where to even start because these videos are just 
Oh, okay. You want me to I'll open this 10-minute video? We can just watch it together? I'll it was a, uh, a news reporter sat down with him, and they were just doing this article, and then he just made an offhand comment, like, uh... Like, I can't believe he just said that. So if you... And this is not on him. I mean, this is precedent set by Bush, you know, that we were going to be in Iraq and uh, Afghanistan. But if you average out the bombs. So it's not that, like, 20 minutes bomb, 20 minutes bomb. And I'm saying, if you take the total bombs... And the amount of time he was what, president. What was the average then? Tw- one bomb per 20 minutes. In eight years? Eight years. Wow. And that's probably a modern day stat too. We were like probably now just thinking about that. Like because you just read that too. Yeah, I just read that, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was never aware of that. I think I was too young to understand what was going on in the world at that time. Well, um, and this is why it's in like... Uh, politics is like establishment. It's not even Republican, Democrat. It's establishment people in Washington versus regular people. We're just like, we're just tired of this war stuff. Because there was a meme once. It was like Jets with like the Republican flag on it. And then the Dick's like presidency is the same Jets, but then the Democrat symbol on it. Then back to the... It's just... It's the same Jets. It's just whatever party is like justifying it. Yeah. So with Republicans, it's like... We're strong from this, so they make it a big deal what they're doing. Democrats just do it quietly. They're doing the same stuff. And what's worse, keeping a secret? They're both bad. I don't even know what's worse at this point. I don't even. Yeah. It's just which one. It's like. I mean, and, and I mean, so what? Whatever you think of Trump, one of the, the messages that carried in the presidency was just like, why? Why this military complex where you have to justify? you know, all these budgets, you know, these military budgets, so we have to go out and like, kill people to justify it. That's the, the sentiment, whether it's true or not. Um, that was what he was saying? Yeah, Trump's like, why, why, why are we in a war? Like, we're perpetually in a war. Why? What's the point? We have a lot of problems at home. Why don't we deal with our own problems? And that's really um, crystallized with this whole thing with Ukraine. Yeah. Is that event still happening, too? Yeah. We sent them like forty billion dollars. Their military budget is like three billion dollars. We sent them forty. Uh, yes, because we don't need that money. Yeah, yeah, as there's no baby food on shelves, and we send them forty billion dollars, as inflation's killing us, and that inflation goes up when you print out forty billion dollars and send it to another country. It means now it's you pay five more cents at the pump and three percent more for chicken and one percent more for beef and what you know whatever percent that that thir- th- 40 whatever billion dollars doesn't come out of the politician's pocket comes out of our budgets or our um our money supply which so again when you print it, it's not backed up by anything it drives the price up of everything is it too late to start backing stuff by gold or oh but i mean i don't even know how to fix this i don't have the answers but the general trajectory is one the basic supply and demand on, on gasoline or oil, like we have to let that go, like l- open up the floodgates on that to at least start to get the prices down because a lot of oil is built on speculation. So when they say, well, that will take forever, right? If you open up the, like how long does it take to drill? It's like, no, if the speculation is in the future, there'll be plenty of oil, the price immediately drops. One of the, actually uh, the Exxon or one of those oil people said that. There's things we can do right now with half the price. Really? Yeah. But we're not allowed to. Because we want to be green or whatever. Yeah, like it's gonna. Like be... these people uh, don't live in r- the real life. No. And so 
while everybody's suffering, this is before it was like uh, uh, above four fifty or whatever it is around here. Um, it was like at four. He, he was like Obama or no, Biden's like, we are going through an incredible transition. It's like. In an incredible transition? Yeah. What, does it even, what does it even mean? To green energy. This new oh, world that's yeah, this yeah, fantasy yeah. we're going into. And everybody else is like, well, can't feed my kids this week. Or I can't, you know, it's like... At least the world's green. And when you nail them down what that means, like, oh, in 500 years, the water level won't raise a quarter of an inch. It's like, like really? Like, yeah, that's it, all it, we're doing this for? It doesn't even affect, like, the next four generations, essentially. Um... But if, if we turn into a third world country, guess what? The first thing to go is all this, like, pollution stuff. Like, all this pollution controls. You go back to what a third world country is. Like, a, you know, India. I mean... Is India for third world? Well, when I say that, I mean the way they handle pollution in China. They act like they're third world countries, even though they're first world countries. Yeah. I mean, it just goes right in the ocean. Are there second world countries? Is that a thing? I don't even, I don't even know how they classify all this. But um, there was a, oh, what's the guy's name? Um, he has the the patch, the eye patch, because he was in he was a marine. Doug, uh, Doug, no, Doug no, Dan Kershaw. No. He was interviewing one of the, the energy people of of, of uh, Biden's, and he's like, um, so is this water bottle going to end up in the ocean? He goes, very likely. He goes, here in America. He's like, yeah. He goes, well, I mean. She's probably going to end up in a landfill. He goes, well, statistically speaking, um, X amount of uh, plastic ends up in the ocean. He goes, but America, America plastic. Um, and so he's, he has these like, circular arguments where it's like, okay, well, it's, uh, it's a American problem, but then... America's better at cleaning stuff, so that's probably not the case. But then statistically, when you look at the ocean, that's how much plastic's there. And then so he's trying to pin this guy down, and he can't, because he just, he's like... Uh, he has no argument. He has no argument, so he's just like a teenager that got caught in a lie, and he just has these circular arguments. But the fact is, these giant, like, islands of trash floating in the ocean are primarily India and China. Really? Yeah, they don't care. Well, I'm looking at this. So it says the first world countries, U.S., Western Europe, and their allies. Second world uh-huh. are so-called communist bloc, the, the Soviet Union, China, Cuba, and their friends. Those are second world countries, like just communist countries, apparently. Yeah. Third world is everyone was, it said that has blurred lines. See, it's tough because China is such, like, you know, so advanced in so many areas. But they're so... Like dismal in other areas. Yeah, so it's I guess, hard to I guess say. If you don't know how to define them. How do you define them? Yeah. World. Like their military is like massive. And so what would like Morocco or like Egypt be? You think they're first world countries? Know. Those are the tough ones because those are like I feel like the rich ones. One of the most richest countries is like right in the middle of Africa, or it's like right on the edge. Like rent is insane, and like it's like Morocco. Um. Not Morocco. Um, Monaco. It's like Monaco. Oh, Monaco? Yeah. Well. You know how rich Monaco is, right? It's like, or the yachts and the racing. And... I actually just saw a thing that said that Monaco race is the boringest race ever. Because cars don't pass each other. The, the roads are designed for smaller cars, but they just kind of didn't ever change the road because it's like tradition to keep it that way, but they've made the cars bigger. 
So cars never pass. It's just kind of like going in a line. And you can't even see half the race. Because it's like so sloped. So it's like you see one car pass it. So, so if you have the pole position in the front, you're just like, oh, I guess I won. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, essentially, that's it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess you don't line up, so. Yeah. That would be hilarious. It's like, just to, just to anger people, you take do the whole race 35 miles an hour. Because nobody can pass you. Yeah. Right, Here it and comes. Just, just swerve a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, what was it, 100 well, laps? They said in 100 laps there was one person that passed the other person. And it was because it was right at the beginning of the race. So, yeah. So weird. Yeah, I know. So. Now, the reason why it's popular is because it's probably very aesthetically pleasing for the um, oh, yeah. for TV. Aesthetically pleasing, and it's like just some people like tradition. I mean, it's probably like some people like football. It's like, ah, yes, the American pastime. I love it from the past. Beating. My grandfather watched this sport. Yes. Not because they just actually like watching people get hit. <laughs> Can you watch baseball anymore? Uh, they're trying to fix that. Who? Um, like they're, I think they're bringing the, like a timer for pitching. And you can only have so many relievers and all that stuff. Because the games are getting like four hours. So they're trying to figure out a way to keep it down. They think that that's part of the problem. I, there's there's a couple of reasons. It's boring. I think just there's not enough hits. I think they just need a bigger bat. Get a wiffle bat. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny. That would be hilarious. A wiffle bat, because then there'd always be hits. There'd just be less home runs. Well, offense is down again this year. Offense. Like hitting. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because the pitchers are all just getting better. Well, there was a, a hitter named Aaron Dunn. Remember him? Yeah. Like a batting average of like two, two hundred, like lifetime. I don't know what that means though. Does um, that mean he hits a lot or he doesn't hit ever? So every t- ten times he's up to bat, he gets on base uh, two times. So that's bad. Yeah. Well, true. Again, traditionally that's bad. Yeah. But offense has been dipping so many years. Now it's like that's you're a two twenty hitter, a twenty two thirty hitter. It's like huh, you could at least play. Like there are people that are. Batting two hundred or just below two hundred, that you just can't play them, even though they let's say have power. It's just you can't get a strikeout. But yeah. now these people, the strikeout rates uh, going up and the batting uh, average is going down. But that's straight across the board. Is that just because pitchers are getting better? Like yeah. what's okay? It has to be that, wouldn't it? Well, back in the day, it'd be like whoa, hundred and two. Like you could name the guy who did that. Hundred miles per hour. Yeah, Not everyone does. Now everybody doesn't. It's funny. What do you think, like, a high school average is? Like, 70? I have no idea. I, I, just, I couldn't you, even guess. Did you ever play in high school? No. My, my, uh, I played in a, a city team. My stat line was one walk, one hit. Ten outs. I stole home, home play. Uh, stole really? home, yeah. And then the only reason I scored is because the guy dropped the ball. Hmm. Yeah. Where would you play on the defense? Right field. And it was bad at that. Oh, God. <laughs> you just say right field, I'm like, ugh. ugh. I think I was second base. Yeah, yeah. so so I, I dropped a ball once. Oh, and God. then And then the next time it came to me and I caught it. And so I was running back in the field uh, onto the dugout like, MVP. <laughs> <laughs> and was the first one even easier so, to catch? If yeah. only you caught both of them. Yeah. No, it was, um, so the, the guy that um, I was kind of friends with, he was like, uh, there's an E next to your name just a, just a moment ago. I don't think you, 
Yeah, a, a big Air. like that's a big E. <laughs> yeah. Too. Oh man, nothing be worse. Like that's why I wouldn't want to do baseball because they literally keep track of that. Like, were, hey, were you playing this game? It's like, yeah. You see that E? That was me. <laughs> that was me. That was me. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't play enough to, but um, we we have some cousins that uh, played baseball. Played baseball with us, but they were just football players. Huh. So you beat them? No, they were so bad at fielding. So bad. Oh, really? That's like, funny. could not gauge a fly ball to save their lives. So you would like to play just so you'd, like, have a one-up on them. Like, yeah, you're good at football, but, you know, basically. No, right. we played on the same team. They were frustrating to play with. Oh, it wasn't like, hey, guys, let's go to no, the No, no, later ball. on we played, okay, sorry. I got ahead of myself. Later we played softball, which I was decent at. I was actually a pitcher for softball. Like a beer league? Yeah, just... Like I've been, mean, I've been meaning to sign up for a beer league. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I was, I was fairly decent. I actually like joined the game. We were leaving and they needed a pitcher, so I joined the game. I pretty much single-handedly won the game. Oh, calm down. No, I, I, I'm not big. saying I was that great, but everyone else. Is it was like that two bad. hits, uh, two pegged right at me. One I actually jumped to catch. One hit me like right in the chest. And I caught it. Oh, like, really? And the, we won by one. So I'm just saying. If you didn't catch that one. And then those two hits, you know, yeah. like, probably enough to turn the tide. One of my first memories about softball was they hit the ball really hard, and it nailed the pitcher right in the leg. <laughs> Fell down crying, and I think the game got, like, delayed. Jeez. <laughs> that was the first memory of it. And I, just I, I had got hit in, like, hit like in, I don't know, the full force somehow at my pinky. and just killed. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it hit the side of yeah. the glove. Or no, remember. you probably don't move that pinky anymore, because that would hurt. It, it, what, it, it, I just would, remember how bad it hurt. Like, just the way it um, like got around the glove, and the glove you know, wasn't able to damper the impact. But um, no, I, I didn't have power worth anything. I could get on base, and I mean, my, oh my gosh, when I needed to be decent, I was like, I think at one point I was like two for 15, you know, like. Oh, garbaggio. Um, but I think I became a marginal player and a decent pitcher. But I just remember specifically, like, the difference of sports and different mindsets. Like, our cousins are all football players. And they could hit, like, no other. Like tackle. Like tackle football. Like, I think one of them could have gone to college. Like, it's really good. He just didn't want to? Um, I mean, just other pursuits. But he was good enough to probably go to at least, you know, go to a mid-level college and see where it went. But when you saw him on a baseball field, it was such a different, like, mindset. Then when the ball went in the air, they just could not, they could not gauge it. Like, is it going to go far? Is it going to come short? You know, like, because they had this football mindset, you know. It's funny. So it's like, I, I think I have a, a friend who's that like that. He's like really good at like three sports, but everything else, garbage. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, okay. Well, he's, he's gotten better, but it was always like, oh, let's not go golfing with him. No, I think if, if uh, dad was like one of those insane dads that like, bring you all to the, the camps and bring you all to the... I think I could have been good at a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I, I remember I was at some retreat and there was like a teacher there that must have also been the basketball... And I just hit, just nailed these these couple, like handful of threes, nothing but net. You could tell them, kind of look over like, what? And then and then the, and they missed the next five. Huh. You know, it's like so hot and cold. And I could tell, in specifically in base in football or excuse me, basketball, like I shoot and my my body drifts backwards, so I have to go against my body and then 
propel the, you know, like that's basketball one on one is don't drift back when you're shooting. Yeah. But I just never learned correctly. You always drift back. I'd always drift back. I can't. I can't fix. Yeah, it. I kind of wish you did that too, because I feel like I just like wasted genetics, like, because <laughs> like there's one year. Did I tell you this for a soccer league? No. Like, I was the first overall pick. Really. First game, four, four goals, one assist. Next wow. game, two two goals, and the rest of the year I was just dry. Rest of the year you sucked. No, not sucked. I just missed goal. I started passing more, and it just like, and then it just kind of dipped off, and then we like got last or something. But like, whoa, good thing you got. Like, I think I was like pretty decent, but I was always just so lazy. I didn't care. <laughs> I would, and then like for the soccer league, I just didn't get along with our. Well, I cared with I our just, head coach, and he just started. I, I cared. I just didn't have the fundamentals down. Yeah, I didn't. And you that. need to be like the way the Steph Curry works is like the system, right? He, he does the same system every time. He shoots the same way all the time. He does the training regimen. And I, we just never, growing up, we just never had that because we moved around so much. Yeah. I mean, don't comp- try to compare yourself to Steph Curry. No, I'm saying the way an athlete succeeds is to get the fundamentals down right. Oh, yeah. And it's, in the most extreme case, like Steph Curry, is like, he does like a thousand shots a day. Yeah. Over and over and over and over. Now, obviously... Like, nobody will get to his his stratosphere. But he shows that the key to the success is passion for the game, which many people have. I yeah. think I, I kind of have that in some things. Um, and then, like, raw skills. You know, his dad's a basketball player. And he's got the, fit, you know, I don't have that. But then also the dedication to do it and do it right with the correct fundamentals. So if you could restart from elementary school, what, what would you do differently when it comes to sports? Would you... Pursue one sport specifically, or mm. do well, the, sports. The, re- the problem with football is that my growth spurt was late, so by the time yeah, I became big enough to like do anything, it was like pretty much done. Um, basketball would have been fun, but again, I was too short until until it was like too late. Yeah. But it'd just be nice to like you know the rec leagues where people like want to play. I'd like to be like a a, a more reliable con- contributor. <laughs> Not be like really good or just a total train wreck. Yeah, yeah. There was one time I got insulted. Oh, I had a rec league basketball. I knew I was bad at basketball, and a girl was like, "Wow, you're garbage." <laughs> I was like, "Wow, you're right." Yeah, so it's not that I think I would have done anything. It just it'd be nice to be able to do these things and not just feel like, "Am I going to embarrass myself?" Yeah, that's that's another thing. Or their nerves get in the way. Just like yeah, what if I miss and not even embarrass myself? Just miss in general. No, because we had a um, a league in, at uh, my first year of college. It was just like hodgepodge of players. Like this really tall guy that couldn't shoot worth anything. And then this guy that was really awesome and always like draw a double and triple team. Yeah. And then all these random people, right? And like uh, one of my friends from here that went to college with me, he was on it and I was on it. And I had like 14 threes that season. Really? Now it helped that I was never guarded because they had to triple team the other guy. <laughs> Well, at least you're reliable enough. I mean, so yeah. you throw it to, hey, do a three. Oh, you can't? Great. Yeah. So that's still decent. Tall and couldn't shoot, though? That sucks. I'm, I mean, I'm six feet. That's not that tall, but... Well, the the issue with, with our team was, so for football, we had, like, three wide receivers. Our tall guy could catch but couldn't run, and I could run but I couldn't catch. So it was just like, we, by, we, we needed to change our dynamic. By our powers combined... Yeah, <laughs> we'll make one big super player. And a really bad player. And then whoever the hell the, the wing is. Nah, it was just like, I would always stick out one arm. And just not, like, I was like, ah, it's too far. 
<laughs> it wasn't like I'd do two hands and not catch it. It was just like, eh, it's too far. And I just was like, all right, back to the bottle. <laughs> well, did you hear about Dad's famous, I think I told you about this. He was a running back, and whoever fumbled the ball, I don't know if he did. And so the defender picked it up, took off running, and Dad was pretty fast. He was yeah. like halfway down the field to stop this guy. And around the 20-yard line, he did the math mentally and said, no, oh, this isn't happening. So he stopped, just turned around, started walking back, and the guy was still running to the end zone. He was the last guy that could have got him. That's so funny. He got so reamed. He's like, I'm never going to catch him. Because no, but that's not the point. you got to show the effort all the way to the end. You know? Yeah. It was so funny, because I could see him like making the mental calculation. Yeah, because there's a point where you're just wasting energy. Yes, but there's something about showing... You, you still got to... you got to show the effort. Because it yeah, matters to the rest of the team. Once the the momentum shifts, you, yes, there's you know. there's a deeper level of like, like, oh, he's not trying. Well, I'm not gonna try. Exactly. Yeah. So. But. That's funny. I hope there is there film for that. I know. Black and white. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Every time I hear that story, I just laugh so hard. I, I never heard that. He always told me how good he was. I'm he like, was good. He was good at wrestling too. I was like, yeah. I was, I was decent at wrestling. I just had no... F- yeah, exactly. The, the fundamentals, you said. I only wrestled because of him. And then I think I was positive. But then I was like, yeah, I'm not doing it again. Uh, well, Seth probably took Cause, that. Because from... we'd squirm a lot. And they're like, well, it was a squirming match. I'm like, but I got him. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but then I broke my wrist and I had to sit out the rest of the year. Well, we all could kind of, I think... Because like, I've just wrestled with people. Like, they're just trying to mess around, and they're like, oh, you're surprisingly... Wrestle with who? Your kids? No, like, in college, like, some guy's, <laughs> oh, like, trying okay. to put you in a headlock, and then you kind of fight back, and they're just they're yeah. a little shocked that there's, like, you have a little wow, fight. You he put... can fight. Yeah. Yeah. You should be insulted by that. <laughs> well, um, we did an um, orientation thing where you, uh, you had those, like, capture the flag kind of thing. It was, like, something about chicken and eggs or something. I don't know. There's some variation of capture the flag, right? Chicken and eggs. Were you had to protect, like, your eggs, quote-unquote. And there was a chicken involved? I don't know. It was, it was, it was basically capture the flag. You had to protect your flag, right? Yeah. And so I just remember, because um, I have pretty good agility, so I'm running at this guy, and he's trying to tag me. I think it freezes you or something. Uh, and then he went to grab me, and, like... Why would he grab you? He just needs like to... Like, just hug you? Just touch me, even, like, to freeze me, right? Hugging just seems excessive. <laughs> <laughs> well, he came to grope me. I mean, tag. Well, it was you can see how the word really changes the context. Yeah. So I was playing casual flag, and I got. And I, remember, I, I was trying to remember if it freezes or do you have to. Yeah. You go to prison. You go to prison. Yeah. And I and I just remember he went to like, reach out to where I was, and then suddenly I was gone. You know, because I cut cut away or cut yeah. right. I, and I remember later he's like. I couldn't believe how fast you were. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, thanks a lot, I buddy. I felt like I wasn't even going that fast. And ouch. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, you just complimented me and insulted me at the same time. I think I had that too once. Like, wow, you're faster than I expected. It's like, yeah. Like, But what you got to do when you're in those situations, you got to take a left and then you cut back the direction they're coming because then, then they do that. I always do that whenever, like, I play with, like, nieces and nephews. It always, it works with kids really well. You mean like you like take a step? Five like year you, olds. You, no, no, he's about ten. I think it works up until about fifteen, then expires. You know what's embarrassing is when I chase, let's say, a kid and you can't catch Damien. Him. I can't catch him. That was embarrassing. Well, he's got my agility, but with my, but to be fair, I could catch him either. So, I mean, they're fast. Yeah, but yeah, 
That's why I gotta get in shape, just so I can easily, like, just... <laughs> <laughs> like, have no, you... No, have when, you... when Augie runs, but then he does it not in, like, a straight line, he kind of does it like a, a bend to his run. Yeah. Where you... you okay, you can't just go full out, because you don't know exactly where he's going. Yeah. So you kind of hold back a little bit, like... Because uh, if you outrun him, then you'll just truck him and run him over. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying at any point he'll cut, right? So you're running, running, oh, running. So, and so then you can't do full speed. You can't do full speed because yeah. you know he's about to turn. or he's. So you're, you're kind of like, which way is he going? But you have to also be at top speed. And then all of a sudden, you're running out of stamina. You're like, I'm nowhere near closer to him than I started. And he yeah. still like looks like he can run for another like block. Yeah, what do you even do there? It's embarrassing. But they're all really fat. I mean, Anthony's fast. Augie's fast. You said fat. Fast. No, I'm fat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm mixing it up. See, that's why I just gotta be in, like, really good shape, because just to surprise him, like, haha, come catch us. And it's like, oh my god, he's catching us. <laughs> well, when um when I do beat him, like, we're racing, and I'll just, like, go all out. And they're like, whoa, Dad, you're fast. I'm like, yeah, let me go to my room and die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die in peace. Yeah. My last act as a father, eating you in a race. That's what you remember, us. That's actually hilarious. And then usually at the end, like they're just starting to creep away. That's so you kind of like hold their shoulder to make sure you can't, you know. Yeah, but they yeah. won't. They won't call it as a win then, because you want to beat them legitimately. Mm, I don't care. Nothing's worse than me call a cheater. The the gym class I'm or the gym class I'm coaching. It's like there's one, so there's one guy on the other team. He's like a teacher who always comes in and plays with us. And like my team always just knows him as a cheater. They're like, hey, he's back in. He's cheating. So it's like they just like. What does he do? That's so cheaty. He just runs back. And so like he's out. He's sitting there and he runs back on the field and just hits the backboard. It's like where'd you come from? They didn't hit the backboard. Like, Whoa, yeah, they did. It's like no one else came in. Or like he you pelt him and he runs to the back, like looks around and then grabs the ball and runs back. It's. Dude, what are you doing? Like even, I, even kids know. Yeah, my that. kids were like, he cheated again. I'm like, <coughs> the issue is I'm still trying to get used to like the dime. Like I, I, I can talk at like full volume with like kids I know, but it's like then when I'm a room full of thirty kids, it's like how do I talk over them and how do I yeah. not sound like a complete asshole? Like, give me your phone, like you know, yelling at yeah. them because yeah. one of the guys was like, he's like really putting his foot down and like a lot of the kids just don't like that and it's like you sit there and it's like where's the middle ground? Cause you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, if I don't have to, I'm not going to look for like the, the bad guy. I'll, I'll let everyone else be the bad guy until I eventually. No, but when you, it's like to. they're doing something that's wrong and you forcefully like say okay. something, but you're not a jerk about it. They, 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 they still listen to that Yeah. because they respect you. Like there isn't good guy, bad guy. You know, I'm going to be the good guy. How do you know they respect me? I'm just, I know so, kids in general. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like one if, thing. If you're very... Like generous with your time and generous with your attention and stuff, and then you actually like kind of call them on something, they're more willing to listen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it this should, could be implied with everyone. It's like if, if, you, it's, if, that's if, you, everybody, if yeah. you talk at just a mild tone or not like yell and raise your voice, they'll respect. It's it's proven statistically. Yeah. Ma- uh, science scientifically, yeah, scientifically. Yeah. That they'll respect you more, and and you'll get your point across better. I, I totally, totally. Agree. I, I had explained that to someone in our family, and they it went over their head. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you're you're hearing this from a 22 year old. Like, come on, grow up. 
And, um, and then they're like, I don't care about your opinion. It's like, all right, well, like sounds good. good. Good for you. Let's see where you go with in life. Then. Um, but but uh, no, but but I learned. Uh, I, we were talking about this, and this is a little bit different. Um, like how uh, Dad would, um, you know, like we need the tires for a car, right? Yeah. He would just like, oh, I'll cover that. So you just buy your tires. It cost him, let's say, 500 bucks. Right? So, wow, 500 bucks, right? Crazy. But now it's 20 years later, and we just have this undying affection for him, right? It was because little things like that, right? So when you spread out, like, all the times where, like, there was business conflicts, and he had an ally, or, like, we put an extra time at work, or what did that investment of, quote-unquote, $500? Yeah. Um like repin business wise got him further than him just like figure yeah. out on your own yeah because yeah. then you're more likely I mean that's an extreme case because there's one time uh, we were in um, it was my uh, junior high we did um, a trip to um, some amusement park and it was just we had a small class it was like 13 kids so we get there and dad's a chaperone and he buys everybody dinner everybody everybody how old are you? um Fifteen. Really? So all my classmates see that my dad's buying everybody's dinner that night. So let's say twenty dinners, let's say twenty bucks a piece, you know. But I'm telling the story now, twenty some years later. And did those kids like talk to you about that? Like, oh, that was awesome. Oh, your dad's awesome. Uh, you know. But then the thing that dad did, which is funny, Damn is he made everybody give vanilla ice cream, even if they didn't want vanilla ice cream. They made him. Yeah. He just. That's just dad being dad. And so even that was like, well, I don't like, but it's fun. It's just funny because you see his personality in the, in the, in, in the, uh, in that kind of act. Yeah. Like it, you just can't be that he. And, and you hear those stories and you're like, wow, I want to do that. I want to be remembered. Just be a little funny with the, uh, like I'm paying for your whole meal so you don't have to pay for it yourself, but you have to eat vanilla ice cream. Yeah. It's just like, what? There. But it's like, that's just, that's his personality within that. It's just not him buying people off. Yeah, because people have probably bought in their meals before, but forced them to get something and then buy an extra. So yeah, like, yeah. He, here's more, more he's money. Because he's going for being unique, too, at the same time. Yeah, totally. But so. that's just that's natural to him. He wasn't doing it to, to jockey for position. He never really cared what people thought. But that just emanated from his personality, right? So my point is, what what cost him very little has reaped him a thousand times the reward, yeah. right? And so, like, with the kids, you invest a little bit of time in them. Like, you're going to get rewarded times a thousand. They'll yeah. remember you. Oh, remember that time that, oh, Patrick helped them? You know, they'll be telling the story years from now, right? With, uh, Teresa brought her friend to uh, that retreat. You know, the kids still talk about uh, Teresa's friend. I don't remember his name. It was, like, Totus to us or something. Oh, but he took extra time to like, they were doing like the games and stuff. Yeah. Like, um, he just put an extra time into like, uh, the retreat element of getting to know the kids and stuff like that. And they just thought it was like, do, do you think there's a certain age where they like, so if you did something crazy for someone who's like 20, do you think their mind is less like, Whoa, this person's awesome. Or like, Oh, cool. You have to be receptive to it. So you could have that same appreciation, but a kid has more of a, um, like a wide-eyed view of the world. When you become more cynical, it's harder to kind of see the gift in there, right? Yeah. So it's it's really not an age thing. It's just the kids are more receptive to it. But if you're like a twenty-year-old cynic, you're you see the gift, but you don't really appreciate it for what the 
the, you know, but then what, no, but, but then what happens on the back end? Cause this happened with grandpa, Rev Kelly. Um, uh, I remember he was, uh, when he came back to move to the area and kind of help the business, like do dishes and stuff, just to keep busy. Yeah. I remember one day, uh, I made a point of going around and gathering all the dishes and bringing them up to him. So he didn't have to go through the building and find them all. Um, and I just remember how like appreciative he was of that, right? So, but that's not the way his personality was twenty years before. So I think as a kid, generally you may be like more receptive to that. But I think as you get older too, it kind of comes around again. You know, again, generally speaking, I'm just talking on average. You know, you have embittered old kids, uh, old people, and you have kids that are just like me, 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 me. So it's not straight across the board. But I think as you know. You could get to the later years, you start re-appreciating re things you used to appreciate. Yeah. I still remember that, how appreciative he was. I just gathered a bunch of dishes, which is like a, not even that special. Just trying to help him out a little bit. You weren't trying to get some brownie points? No. Tapping, just like... Tapping the old wheel? No, but there were steps, and like, he's an older guy. You know, it's like, you're trying to help him out, and then, yeah. but the, it was disproportionate to his response. Like... It was a little effort on my part, and his response was like, "Whoa, like, like this is not that big of a deal." Really? But my point is, these acts of kindness—it's uh, like a seed, right? You put a tiny little seed in there, and all of a sudden you have this massive tree. It's like the the, the amount of effort you put in, and the mm -hmm. reward is always a thousand times bigger. So when you put this time with these kids, I'm just telling you that my kids talk about, you know, things that happened five, you know, four, three years ago. There was probably very little for that adult to put that give, give them this or invest that time or whatever else, and then but still means a great deal to them and will mean a great deal to them 10, 20 years from now. Yeah, because you essentially remember that stuff from like, and especially as a kid, your it's it's stuff. like oh oh yeah I was telling you this. So when um, our company first started, we we had a computer, and I like I would just mess it up so it stopped working. So I called the office, and I didn't realize what, like, how stupid this was. How dumb and mistake it was? No, no. No, no, that, okay, whatever. I'm a kid. Okay. But for me to intrude on their time, when they're trying to earn money for us, you know, like, how to fix this computer problem during work hours. Like, it didn't click that, like, this oh, is so not you the time weren't, for it. Oh, so you weren't working. You were I was just... not working. I was a little kid. Um, Let's say I'm 13, 14. Yeah. Um, and so I call in like, oh, I did this. And so they'd spend like 40 minutes, an hour, you know, working through how to fix this, right? Or send me this disc or whatever to, to help me through this problem that doesn't mean anything to them. Well, it won't help our bottom line, but just yeah. wasted their time. And I just remember how like, even now I'm impacted in a positive way with the amount of time they invest in me, even though like didn't get them anything. Yeah. And for that, for their perspective, they probably thought this is dumb. And they fixed it for you? They fixed it for me. What was the issue? Do you remember? Um, Just something like it didn't... Well, the one thing I remember is uh, <laughs> in old DOS, uh, the main function of make the computer boot is command.com. That's the file name. Yeah. I thought it was a game. And so I was like trying to copy and, and then copy, delete, and all of a sudden you can't copy and delete like command.com. Yeah. It, like it needs to be like 
installed. I don't know. It has to be added to the boot sack so or something. So you have to install something to turn off the computer? No. It, I did. I deleted something so that when you rebooted, it just said, like, no operating system found. Yeah. And so I had to reinstall the operating system. This is one of the many examples. This is just one that really stood out. Um, when not even before, This is before Windows, even. It was DOS 6.22. Oh, Christ. Yeah. But... Looking back, like how stupid could I have been? And so when you, so you put my mind in their mind, and then me as a kid, and you're just like, how dumb did this sound to them? And yet they helped me like figure it out. And that's impacted you. Yeah. And doesn't that help you impact like you now want to be nicer to your kids, and like help them out for even stumbling? Uh, sometimes I, I mean. Sometimes. I mean, I do get uh, frustrated when they ask like. Dumb, d- really dumb things when I'm in the middle of something. Like, the, uh, one thing they'll do that they should work on is, like, I'll be on a phone conversation or talking to another adult and they'll interrupt me, you know. Shut up. But... Again, um, I love me. <laughs> so, it maybe maybe there's a deeper problem that I see. So, it isn't that I don't want to invest time, but they're, you know... Bad timing. Yeah, they, they have to learn, like... Yeah, when adults are talking. Just or like how you had to adult. learn, but you had no consequences to what you did. Yeah, I guess so. Look at that. It goes around coming around. Yeah. Because you didn't truly learn. Well, we, we joke about that, like, you know, as tough as we were on our parents, like, yep, oh, it's going to come around and our kids are going to do the same thing we, they, we did to them. Yeah. Like, the, um, one of my sons has these circular arguments that drive me nuts. I'm like, oh, that sounds like me. 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's unfair, blah, 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 blah. It's like, stop. And it's and weird. And you feel like you're about, arguing with yourself. Yeah, it's weird thinking about that that is something you have done and the, like the dumbness. It's like, kind of makes you cringe. Just like, oh. Well, I've, I've called mom, like, mom, I'm so sorry. She's like, what? I just argued with <laughs> my son that really sounded like arguments I would have made. <laughs> yeah. Like father, like son. Yeah. Both irrational. Yeah. So, but the impact on kids is so important. It's like, I think I'd rather have a great impact on twenty kids and like have changed their lives and be a failure than be successful and not even known by anyone. Because that's twenty people that you could easily just like. Yeah. I mean, well, what happens when you die? I think I think the at the end of the day, what sounds good in, in life is a legacy. And if there's no legacy, if all you are is just a person that earned money and then died, you won't be talked about the next generation. No. It'll be nothing. And, that's and I do, I do sense um, with older people, like, I mean, I'm talking like well-known, like rich billionaires or whatever, like celebrities or whatever, because they're, they're the ones you see. They're the, they're the lab rats that we're watching, right? They're the ones you could see on magazine covers and shows and stuff like that. This probably applies to everybody. But they, it does seem like there's this like desperate need for, to establish a legacy. Like they realize like, oh shoot, so now it's like, oh this charity or this name this wing after a hospital after myself or, yeah. um, or time covers about like, you know, this is how great I was or you know it's like you have to establish tell everybody how great you were you know. Um, but yeah, none of all that fades away. I don't even know how you keep a legacy then. That's stressful. No, it's you not, do it through people. Not being remembered. I mean, you could do it, ultimately you do it through God. Yeah. 
There's uh, Saint Teresa, little flower. Little flower. Yeah, that's or little flower. <laughs> I didn't know she was like a rapper. <laughs> um, what about little flower? She never left her cloister. Her cloister. Cloister. Like that? where the nuns hang out. Isn't it called a nunnery? Well, they also called a cloister. Really? Yeah. There's no way I could say that. Like. So at like 22, she got some medical thing and died. Really. Now, she wanted to do missionary work. I want to be a priest. I want to, but she can't be a priest because she's, you know, so she's like, okay, so my, my quest in life is to, or my goal in life or purpose in life, she said, I can't do any of the big things. I can't get, you know, shot by arrows by infidels to like, you know, name of God or, you know, all these like big things that people say, right? So what she did is she did like, um, there's that nun that annoys me. I'm going to go hang out with her. I'm, this chore I hate doing, I'm going to go do that. Her thing was the little things. I'll do the little things over and over and over and over and over. And that's why I called, they called her Little Flower? Uh, no. Things just called she likes the little things, so she's a little Oh, flower. maybe. But I think she was also the one that said, like, um, a garden is like this bouquet of flowers, right? Yeah. And, like, how we're all different flowers. Like, quit, you know, everybody trying to be a rose, everybody being a tulip, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just be something else, because the overall picture is amazing. Of its uniqueness, right? Um, and so I think she was the one that like pictured herself as like one of the little like flowers, you know. It's funny. She, she, she was a dandelion. <laughs> Maybe not that. Well, there's there's a there's a a lot of um, parables of wheat or weeds and uh and wheat. So I don't know if uh. Making yourself a weed is a, is a good idea. I'm like that. It's like, oh, it's prickly. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah, you'll you'll be cut up and burned. <laughs> um, anyway, my point is, is that she never left her cloister, but she has a greater impact than most anybody. Yeah. Because, well, because she, she brought another philosophy to Christianity that really hadn't been highlighted, which is, I can't go off to, you know, wherever and get die for my faith or I can't you know feed a bunch of homeless people she goes just do what you're doing in your life just over and over and over do the little thing do the little thing do the little thing and and so the, I think it was I don't know she wrote the book or somebody wrote it about her um, but um, it just it just talked about her life and um, and God made it so that it, that book got out there and that's it has it had impacted me it impacted many many people I went to school with you know, it's impacted millions of people. Um, and she never actually left her. I mean, she had no way of yeah. so telling everybody how amazing she was. This could also just be like like a story that no, there's like not a lot of proof that existed. but like it's, No, I mean, it was recent enough history that we know it happened. Yeah. There was actually... No, I'm not saying like I, I don't think it happened. I'm saying like it could have easily not happened and we won't even know who this person is. Just wrote a story. If, if there wasn't... My point is if there wasn't a God that wants to make sure that the people that uh, that like tried to like do his will... Yeah. Like he's big on like, hey, look at this person. Look how amazing they were. Like they're not propping themselves up. It's like God in a way is propping them up, right? Yeah. Um, you know, without him, we would not have no idea who she is. And I believe she was incorrupt until... Uh, what does that mean? Incorrupt? Incorrupt. There's a couple saints. There's one I actually saw in um, France. Um, 
it's where their body is still intact. You can see, you could, they're right behind glass, and it looks like a human being it's that's actually, still. It's actually funny. So is the Padre Pio. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I noticed that when I was looking him up. Is he also? I think it's like Saint Bernadette. No, I think Little Flower was corrupt, and then somebody bit her finger, like some psycho. Yeah. And then the second they did that, her body decomposed. So she was like essentially pure, and then. Yeah. Well. I think it's a way of like, um, I mean, there's a lot of. So probably, she was dead, and some guy. Was she like, was dead many, many years. Mm, I'm gonna bite that finger. No, some psycho. Like I don't know if he was just mental case or did he want like a, uh, his own little souvenir or what the deal was, but by pure desecrating the body, then suddenly it would also prove that these. It's like oh, all the Catholics doing this like secret chemical stuff to keep these people alive, and then it's like uh, okay, the second that the this happened, all of a sudden that the whatever quote-unquote magic that's keeping these bodies incorrupt is suddenly gone. Like, okay, that doesn't make sense. It, it showed that, like, there was something more supernatural happening here. Yeah. Um, but um, but my point is, even she was, I think, one of the incorrupt saints until that happened. But uh, St. Bernadette right now, you could go to, to France, and you could go, like, a foot away from her. They paint glass, and she just looks like somebody sleeping. I would hate to look at that. That sounds terrifying. It wasn't. So it's like a mummy just minus the linen wraps? It looks like somebody's sleeping. It's not a mummy. So it's not like they don't look embalmed? They look like they're alive, just sleeping. Crazy. It's it's nuts. What? And and uh, her, uh, yeah, look up St. Bernadette. Damn. Bernadette. Bernard? Just look at that bot down one. There, right there. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. For sure, it's not like a mammoth. Um, uh, Do you think... Mannequin. God, I couldn't think of that word. It's so, for sure it's not could they have created a, a good enough mannequin a hundred years ago? Oh, yeah. It was a long time, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And, and her clothes and her rosary decompose around her. They have to put new clothes on her. Really? Because it's a hundred years. Ugh, I hate that job. Yeah, but you see my point. Yeah, that's insane. That even the clothes around her can't stand the test time, but her how body would, is. How would you explain that to someone who doesn't believe in... That, that's why belief is either you do or you don't. Yeah. If you want evidence, that's evidence right there. Case closed. That's the most damning evidence. I mean, there's other cases, too. There's, um... Because um, I think if I was a, a, a there's little a, kid who wanted to learn faith, and you're just like, oh, it's just this right here. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, they're going to say, oh. Say no more. Oh, it's all the uh, secret weird stuff that they're doing. Okay. Because, it's, like, a child. If, if they're 10. Oh, yeah, a child, yeah. I'd, like, blow their mind. I would blow my mind. It's already blowing um, my mind. Well, there's a rose bush in where St. Francis was, where he threw himself into a rose bush to, like, fight off temptation. And then God's reward, I guess, for, again, self-sacrifice, like, I'd rather feel this pain than give in to the sin, right? Yeah. Is that he made all the thorns disappear from the bush. Really? And there's no thorn, there's no rose bushes without thorns. They, they just, they go hand in hand. But that bush is still here. Where is it? France? Um, assume like a CC. St. Francis. Oh, this is St. Francis of CC. Yeah. I'm just telling you other miracles that are there if you want to see them. Crazy. Um, the one in, it's like Mexico, there's somebody that didn't believe or something, 
And the Eucharist became like. You mean the one where they had to have the flowers grow on top of the mountain and they browned them to the guy and dropped them? He's like, whoa, that doesn't make sense. No, I'm thinking about the one where the Eucharist became like muscle and blood. Really? Yes. And so they had uh, scientists look at it and said that Eucharist is actually from a particular section of the heart, human heart. They could tell by the the way the, the, the muscle strands are. So it's like, because we, we say the Eucharist is like his body Crazy. and blood. Yeah. And so, but it's, it's they can even, uh, comparing to our biology, they know exactly what part of the heart that is. Yeah. And then, so did some scientists kind of like realize that Catholic faith is Christian or whatever? Again, faith transcends any evidence. Yeah. The evidence is all there. It's just whether you want to believe it or not. Because it's so hard to argue against that. Like, like, oh, that's why, like, I'm not big on, like, let me give you all this evidence, because it's, if you're open to hear it, I'll give you stuff, but if you're not open to hear it, you're, nothing's going to be good enough. Yeah. Like, there was, um, do you know the, uh, was it Moses? No, no, it was Jesus, um, was it parable? It was some parable where Jesus telling the story, I believe it was Jesus, saying that um, a rich man died, right? And then he meets, like, Moses. I think it was Moses. He said, oh, this hell is horrible. Let me go tell my brothers about this. So they changed their ways, right? Yeah. And he goes, uh, it won't matter. Like, you could go. I could raise the dead in front of them, but if they don't want to believe, they're not going to believe. Yeah. Like, you could present them with anything. But if they want to live in the the world that they live in now, they're going to just keep doing it. Like, it isn't a matter of presu- pro- producing more evidence. It's a, a conversion of the heart that people need. Mm. So, like, preaching and all that's pretty, like, worthless. No, no, okay. It's, I'm not saying don't preach. I'm just saying to think that that is going to be the end all. Yeah. I'm saying the impact that people have is by being different. Like, living it. Like, if you're happy and you're not doing all the shit everybody's doing, that's going to have an impact. More so than like, and then evidence, you know, one of God, blah, blah, blah. Uh, or uh, exhibit B, you know, exhibit C. Yeah. Like, I don't know. People are kind of numb to evidence. They're numb to words. Yeah. Just the fear that they will lose certain aspects of their life that they yeah. want to. I mean, totally. Mm. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm buying my cup. Oh man, I think we had a pretty good podcast here. We didn't even get really didn't even get into politics or sports that much. I mean, not one of those repressive, like, 45 minutes in, we're t- still talking about Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. What else were you talking about? <laughs> um, I got a kid story, though. Sounds good. So, um, we were playing Mario once, mm-hmm. and it was, um, not Mario 3, but that kind of, like, side-to-side scroll one. So it was whatever the Wii version of that is. Mar- Mario Bros. Maybe. Platformer? It was on Wii. Was it a platformer? Yes. 
Mario Bros. Okay. And was there two Yoshis? Uh, no, uh, yeah, two Yoshis, uh, Luigi, no. It's Luigi Mario? and Mario? Luigi and Mario, yes. Yeah, 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 that's Mario Bros. Anyway, go on. Okay, so we were uh, playing once, and Sean was like, he must have been, I don't know, six, Anthony five, something like that, or, you know, maybe a little older. Wow. Um, they were young. And so Sean and Anthony were playing, Anthony was pretty worthless at the game at that point. Right. And uh, Sean was, you know, okay, but um, and I, I was never great at it. I can never beat the original one. Like, get the timing down and, you know, how do you avoid the axe and the, the, the turtle whatever guys. You know, it's like, I never was great. So, Sean played once and Sean and Anthony were running along. And the way this one worked is if you got knocked out, but the the first guy wasn't knocked out, you just reappear as a bubble. Yeah. yeah okay, that was the That's one. Mario Bros. So, you have to pop the, the guy, right? Yeah, and you have to shake the controller to get to your teammate. Um, so, uh, so, right off the bat, they're running. Anthony immediately gets becomes a bubble, hmm. immediately. Yeah. And so uh, they're running along, and it was like all the horrible ones, like uh, the black shell ones, and then the the fireballs. Remember the? It's like the beetles, the beetle bugs. Beetles. Yeah, they had the hard shell that you couldn't like penetrate with water uh, with um with fireballs. The turtles. No, they're not turtles. Turtles would you could hit them with fireballs. Well, you say the word beetle. I don't. I know. thought it was called a beetle. Anyway, go on. Are you looking it up before yeah. we continue the story? Beetle Mario Bros. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't remember those being in Mario. Actually, I don't play enough Mario. I didn't know they're impervious to what uh, to fireballs, so they really suck, especially when there's a bunch. How do you kill them then? Uh, jump on them. Oh, I thought you don't jump on them. You could jump on them. You just can't burn them. Yeah, or you or throw something else at them. But the point is, if you have fireballs coming, and then the the piranha uh, uh, flowers and all this stuff happening, like it's just one more thing to worry about, right? So he Sean's going, and it's like the ep, most epic run I've ever seen, like better than anything I've ever done. He's like passing through this and missing that fireball, and be you know just just awesome the whole time. Anthony's just falling behind him in the in he, the he bubble. He never wanted to pop Anthony. He, uh, well, he just never did for whatever reason, right? Yeah. I mean, he's a little kid. He's not doing it on purpose. Yeah. Um, so I'm now blown away. Like, because I was never that great at it. So he's like, it's like the most epic round of Mario. And then, uh, and I'm like, Mary, look, this is amazing. You know? So he gets that's right. That's my son. That's my son. You know, of all the things he's ever done, that's what made me the most proud. <laughs> so yeah. right at the very end, they're right, you can see the finish line coming. He happens to pop Anthony, and then Anthony hits the finish line. That's so funny. So, so Anthony hits the finish line, and Sean's like, "Anthony, good job!" Like, <laughs> so he had done it all. Anthony had done nothing, and he immediately like bestows like, "Awesome, Anthony!" I uh, wasn't like, "Anthony, you bastard!" Those no, no, that that was I was just like, between being excited and then oh my gosh, like brotherly love, like even when you just start clapping. Oh my gosh! Oh, I just loved it so much. Sounds like it's a movie. You should write a movie about this. <laughs> just that one scene. We'll <laughs> we'll drag it into a three-hour special. Yeah. He's like training for this time. <laughs> when he has his one epic it's run. Crazy of... six. That's almost almost six years ago. It's insane. Yeah. Seven years ago. Yeah, because we've at the new house for six years. So you just got to the new house. 
six years ago. Crazy. Yeah, see, that's why I'm, I mean, it's hard for me because it's, I don't know if it's right before we left or we, we were at that house for 10 years. The one before that? Yeah, the, the house where this happened. Do you miss that old house? Uh, Mary does. Really? Why? It's just really quaint. Small. Quaint. So, do you feel like nostalgia plays a big factor in that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's where most of our kids were... Born. Born. Grew up. It was on a busy street, though. So, if you just moved that house to where you are... Ma- the Mary jokes that, like, one day you're going to buy the house and, like, take helicopters, like, lift it off and then bring it to, a, like, a field somewhere, you know, make a decent basement and then plop it down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, up. Yeah, we just need enough balloons. <laughs> now they actually in up is that going to heaven? Um, there's there's a I'd have to watch again to because I've heard after watching it I'm like oh it was a good movie, and then it was like is that symbolism for something? But I but I wasn't in that mindset when I was watching it, so I'd have to watch it again. I was eight last time I watched it. I, now that I'm thinking about, it, he goes to like this place in the clouds. Doesn't yeah. It must have to be heaven then, wouldn't it? Maybe. Wow. It's crazy. It could just be balloons carrying him to a mystical land, though. Yeah, it could also be that. I mean, Wizard of Oz wasn't heaven. <clears throat> what was it, hell? Um, I never watched it. No, but it's, again, being taken up into something, and you know, and then back to the reality. Oh, and then the guy behind the curtain is... Uh, is, like, one of her... Oh, don't, don't spoil it. <laughs> I think it's been out long enough that uh, it's almost been a hundred years at this point. <laughs> Don't spoil, spoil it. it. Just came out. Oh man, somebody ever done that to you? Like six cents? Like can't believe you spoiled that. <laughs> it's not actually hilarious. <laughs> I was just about to watch the Charlie Sheen special. You asshole! <laughs> Should have told me that the wind blew him backwards. Oh man. Well, once again, it was a pleasure. You gotta bring me back home. Oh, yeah. I'm leaving you in the car. Yeah, no. All right, yeah, that's fine. Sounds good. Great to see you. Anything else? Any other final thoughts? No. I think have we covered everything. No. That that'd be close. Not even a portion. Thanks again, Patrick. It was always a pleasure as always. Till yeah. next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you.